This episode is brought to you by Delta Airlines. One of the most underrated parts of a trip is that flight home. And that's why Delta Airlines tries to make you feel at home long before you even get there. Now, for somebody like me that's a homebody, feeling at home in the air is very valuable to me. And I love to curate that comfortable experience. And what I love about Delta is they have over a thousand hours of in-flight entertainment. They have Wi-Fi so I can do anything else that I want to do on my devices. They have great food and drink, and it just creates a positive end to my trip. They have fast, free Delta Sync Wi-Fi available for SkyMiles members, more than a thousand hours of in-flight entertainment, and they have premium food options and beverages like herbal teas, cold brew, sparkling wine, and more. All of the comforts that you'll find at home, you can find in a flight experience that feels made just for you. You may not be home yet, but Delta Airlines helps you feel a little bit more like it. Delta Airlines believes that you should feel at home, even if you're 30,000 feet above it. Learn more at Delta.com. You are listening to Blessed and Bossed Up, presented by Anchored Media, an entrepreneurship podcast for Christians all about how to make God the CEO of your business. Get ready to be inspired, challenged, but well-equipped to live and build your destiny His way. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast and another entry of our Powerhouse series. As you guys know, I'm always calling the listeners of this show Powerhouses. One of the gifts that God has given me is really able to see past the brokenness or past the exterior and straight to people's hearts. And I believe that even though I can't see you guys on the show physically, that he sent a lot of you guys to me. And I believe that a lot of you guys are powerhouses. And so I want to speak to that in you, no matter what you may be going through. And I especially want to emphasize the fact that you don't become a powerhouse when your followers get up, when your platform grows, you are who you are before the people find out about you, right? If I was to quote Jay-Z, he says you was who you was before you got here. So um, you guys are already powerhouses, whether you had the platforms or not. And that's why I wanted to bring on some powerhouses to this show to just be, I guess the best way to say it is to really be examples and to be encouragement for you guys as you're accepting that powerhouse identity. Everybody we've had on this series so far, they're just like me when I first started podcasting, just regular degular people who were called by God, who say yes to the call and who say yes to the pruning process. And so I'm hoping that everybody's story is able to encourage you to continue whatever process that you may be on. So today's powerhouse, we are talking to Gabby J. Let me tell y'all about Gabby. I met Gabby at the Find Your Voice Academy retreat in November. So of course, this is our retreat for podcasters. And she came to learn about her podcast. And what was so interesting to me about Gabby, you guys don't know, I'm a very observant person. I pay attention to everything. And so what I really loved about Gabby is she's kind of like a silent assassin if that makes sense. Like she's not the loudest person in the room, but when she opens her mouth, it's always something of value. 
And I immediately recognized that from the retreat. And I've always kept that in mind. So every time I talk to her or talk about her, I always think about that. And I knew when we were doing the Powerhouse series that I had to have her on here because she's one of those people that you could tell just doesn't play about the things of God, is very committed to what God is doing in her life. And just not going to be talking your head off to talk your head off, but is really a person of value. And like I said, she may be quiet, she may be chilling, but when she opens her mouth, it's something serious. So Gabby, I just want to welcome you to the show. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Tatum. That was an awesome introduction, the silent assassin. I'm going to feel that. Because <laughs> I remember I, you didn't talk much, but you yeah. would ask a question. I'm like, oh, she paying attention. <laughs> or if you were like hanging around at the retreat, I told y'all I'm observant. So like when you were hanging around the retreat, I'm kind of looking and you just off like writing in your journal, maybe processing yeah. something or whatever. And I was like, okay, yeah, interesting. Yeah. Silent assassin's work been in my mind ever since. I met you, but again, yeah, thank you so much for being here. Of course, thanks for having me. It's a great pleasure. Yeah, so you are someone who is really called to the health and fitness arena. And as we talked about like your podcast and things like that while we were working together, I just love the passion that you have for this particular arena, especially for people of color, for Black women. And that's not to exclude anyone who listens who doesn't fall into those categories, um, but specifically for like the Black community, we a lot of times are dying because of very preventable causes. Yeah. So like recently, the series that was inspired by Madam C.J. Walker came out on Netflix. And as I was watching it, of course, it prompted me to go and refresh my memory on who she was. And when I looked her up, I saw that she died at mm-hmm. 52 from high blood pressure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then her daughter died at 48 from high blood pressure. Mm. And in our community, heart disease is the number one killer. And a lot of the habits that we have in our community is not because we want to be unhealthy, that we want to have high blood pressure. It's just generational things because a lot of the stuff that we got accustomed to eating Uh were the only things that were available, the only things that our ancestors had, you know, coming from slavery as far as Black people in America they just ate the scraps and they made the scraps taste good. So then we passing it from generation to generation of using all these seasonings and things in our food that's really harming us. And so I'm just a huge advocate for anybody in this category because it's so important. But tell us, how did you know you were called to this platform or to this space? And what did it look like for you to really get involved in it? Well, to kind of go back a few years about seven years ago, I found myself in the health and fitness arena on accident. I was going through a breakup and throughout the course of our relationship, it wasn't a positive relationship. It was toxic, if I could say the least. And throughout that process, I had gained like 40 pounds within a year. So I gained so much weight within that year, and I knew it was because of the relationship, but also I wasn't taking care of myself. I was in college. I was trying to live my best life. I was doing any and everything to try and please this man or this guy. And I found myself in a position of not liking the person that I saw in the mirror. So I used the gym as an escape. I used the gym as a place for me to go and to kind of get myself together because if I couldn't control anything that was going on around me, I could at least control 
myself. And so that's kind of how I got into the arena. And so it happened totally by accident. I wasn't looking for it. I didn't even get my degree in this field. I'm certified, but I got a degree in master in a master's in something that's totally different. So it just kind of goes to show you how God will use the very thing that you find is the least thing and he'll kind of use that to propel you into your purpose. Yeah, absolutely. So how do you know then that this wasn't just an outlet for you? This wasn't just a place where you can get that control back, but this was an assignment. I felt in my heart, it was different. It hit different. At the time I was getting my undergrad and it didn't fulfill me in the way that fitness did. And then people started to come to me asking me questions. And I was just like, oh, okay, well, you know, I might as well just kind of do this on the side while I'm in school just to kind of make some extra money. But yeah, it just came from people asking me advice. And so I just kind of ran with that. So then what happened after that? Like, how did you go from, because you said you're, you started in undergrad, but then you still got a master's in something else. How did this become, this assignment become the main thing? Yeah. So I got my master's in counseling psychology and I was still training on the side. And so this was maybe about two years later, still training on the side. And I was like, okay, God, I'm going to, you know, do counseling full time and I'm going to still be training on the side. Well, After that, I did get a full-time job as a counselor, and I found the work, and no disrespect to counselors because they are needed, but it was too heavy. I was Mm -hmm. doing a ton of traveling. I was going into people's homes, and it was just not something that I wanted to do. So about two years ago, I decided to go full-time with training, which was a huge leap of faith because, in my opinion the outlook of trainers, it just doesn't seem as if it is a stable enough job in order to kind of get you where you want to be. But I just decided to take that risk and to go after my passion. So that's kind of how I ended up being full time in this thing while still being able to use my degree in a lot of ways. Yeah, because you're spending a lot of time with people while you're working out. I know whenever I had trainers, we would talk about everything. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, I can really see how that counseling background would come in. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting, though, you said that you took that leap of faith. And I believe that this is a powerhouse decision is what I'm gonna call it. Mm -hmm. Because you're in that space to where you've gone to school twice, you've gotten a degree, multiple degrees, and one thing you've had the nine to five kind of living that American dream, quote unquote, because that's what everybody teaches us to do. But now you also have this fire on the inside of you for something totally different Mm -hmm. that you know, is God sent. How do you then walk away from what is comfortable or walk away from what's expected of you or what your parents may want, what your peers may want you to do to say, you know what, I'm going to take this leap of faith. What was that like? Because I feel like a lot of people have been there or are currently there right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You said a word then because when I told my mom... She was like, what? What you going to do? And and I had to be straight up. I had to understand that the reason I was doing this, it wasn't because, yes, it was a passion, but I heard God clearly. And Mm -hmm. I had been hearing him clearly, but because of my disobedience, I had not moved yet. So Mm -hmm. this was a big leap of faith. It was not easy, but I thank God my husband is so unwavering, supportive towards anything that I desire to do. So I think it was scary. I'll be honest, because... 
I didn't get benefits from this job. I had to pay for my own benefits. It wasn't a ton of support, but I knew what God told me to do. And I moved based off of that. And so I think whenever we get to this place of where we're so worried about what people have to say, it can literally take us out of the position of where God needs us to be. So I think doing it in spite of what people have to say, you just got to be bold. Yeah, I think that's good. Yeah. And that's a real characteristic of someone who is a powerhouse is boldness. And it's something that I don't believe everybody's born with, but I don't believe if you're not born with it, that it's unachievable, but it's more so of a priority shift to where your desire to please God is more important than anything else. And I think once you put yourself in that mindset, it's a lot easier to be bold. I've always been kind of unapologetic and been like, well, no, I'm doing this and I don't care. But, and that boldness was in me, but that boldness was to serve me and the things that I wanted to do. So then when it came to doing things that God called me to do, it helped that that was in me, but I also still had to make that same priority shift to say, not only despite what other people think, but despite what I feel or how scared I may be, I still have to do what God called me to do. Now, was that something that was, or that obedience, was it something that was always in you? What did that faith process look like? Oh, (laughs) it had been up and down. And I want to preface that by saying, you don't have to be bold to make a decision. We make decisions Mm -hmm. every day. You just have to make a decision. Even if you're not bold enough to do what you have to do, make a decision. And like the word of God says, let your yeses be yeses and your noes be noes. And anything that's in between that, then that's of evil. And so we have to be on either side. Like you say all the time, Tatum, you can't be lukewarm. Right. You know, you got to make a decision. But going back to your question. So I'm currently living in Boston. I was in Huntsville, Alabama for about five years. So because I was connected to this really awesome church, that's when my faith really began to grow. And I really began to go deeper in the things of God. But I totally believe that with me making this faith move to Boston, it kind of made me even more bolder. It really stretched me because once I got in a place of where I didn't have my regular support system, I didn't have the same people to fall back on. I literally only had my husband who was here with me. So my faith had to increase because I didn't have anybody else. All I really had was him and God and I had my family to call back home to. But at the end of the day, what are they going to do? So My faith is really what I had to lean and depend on at that time. Yeah. And what I'm hearing, and I want you guys to take away from it, is whenever you are at a crossroads and you have to make a leap or take any type of leap of faith, one of the things that really helped you be able to go ahead and jump is to check God's history, like check Mm -hmm. his track record. He hasn't failed you before. So he's not going to fail you now. The last thing that you thought was the biggest thing in the world, you got over that. And so to me, that's what it sounds like. It was easier for you to take that leap of faith from the counseling industry to now going into the fitness industry, because God kept you the last time you had to take a leap of faith. They did. Absolutely. So talk to us a bit then, because the fitness industry is one that a lot of people can say is oversaturated. Honestly, every industry <laughs> is oversaturated. It's like there's a ton of people in the world. So what industry really isn't going to have a lot of people in it, right? Yeah. But 
it being oversaturated or any industry being oversaturated a lot of times keeps a lot of people stuck and fuels their fear to make that decision because they may not have that confidence that they're going to stand out. Mm-hmm. So was that something that you dealt with when you did make this transition? And if so, like, how did you overcome it to still make that decision? Yeah, I mean, and especially being a Christian and then being in the fitness industry, I think that adds another level of difficulty because it seems as if sex sells, right? And it seems as if you got to show a lot to get a lot. But I was so dedicated to not being that woman. And, you know, no disrespect to the people who do it because it is what it is. But at the end of the day, I wanted to make sure that I was staying true to not only myself, but to who God had called me to be because I was just relentless about the way that I did things and so much so that oftentimes, whereas people kind of keep going on on social media, I took like a hiatus for about five months. I -hmm. was not getting on social media because I found it to be my outlook on myself was changing. And so I think although social media a really, really great platform, it has the ability to change our outlook on how we are and who we are as people. So for me, it has been a difficult thing, but now I feel more grounded in it than ever because I'm literally standing on the word of God, which says that when I be lifted up, then he'll draw all men. So because I'm lifting him up, because I'm putting him first in my business, it's attracting people to me, people that I didn't even know I was on their radar. But because I'm putting God first in my business, he is highlighting me to people. So it just goes to show you how you don't have to go according to what quote unquote is popular. You just got to be true to God. And I see that even now as we're in this transition with what's going on in the world, I haven't posted on social media and it seems like this is a perfect time for me to like be really going hard. I see people who ain't never seen work out. They post in their workout videos, which is great, but God has not released me to do that. Even though it's the perfect time, it seems like it would be the perfect time for me to do it, but God has not released me. And it's all because I believe he's kind of shifting my direction towards him more, but that's what it looks like to not follow the norm, even in the midst of where it seems like it would be the great opportunity and the perfect opportunity for me to try and grow my business more. Yeah, I think that's so good. And I even touched on that one of these episodes. (laughs) talk every week you forget which episode you say what (laughs) but I felt the same way because I was just seeing just a lot of pressure that the world is putting on people especially in the entrepreneurial space to create to do things and for you guys that's listening we're recording this in the end of March so it's right in the midst of this COVID-19 pandemic Mm -hmm. and so right now a lot of people are putting that pressure on us to create, to launch, to put out. Now's the time. I even had an email. I'm on a couple of people's email list and I pay attention to email lists for a few things because I believe that like success leaves clues. And so most emails are some type of marketing tool. So I like to see what people are doing marketing wise and if it's working or not. So I got an email on someone's list, an entrepreneur's list that I'm on, and they were pretty much using the what's going on to like shame people into doing stuff like mm-hmm. now it's going to really show who the real entrepreneurs are what comes out of this is going to show who the real business owners are what you're yeah. doing with your time and I'm like what yeah <laughs> 
So you want to shame people? Like people are really going through stuff. Business is not number one. You know what I mean? Right. And for people who know the hierarchy, it's God, family, business. So if something is interrupting your family right now, then you need to handle that before your business. Right. If something is interrupting or if God needs your attention right now, then your business is on the back burner. It's as simple as that. But there's just this pressure for people to create. And I'm like, no, that's the benefit that we have as yeah. people who do business for God. We don't got to do it the way that you do it. Mm -hmm. We could take a break throughout this whole pandemic, be healthy and wealthy mm -hmm. at the end of it because God goes before us and makes crooked pastry. straight. Mm -hmm. God is putting our names on the hearts of people. God is making a seat at the table for us. So we ain't got to do all of that. But it's just so frustrating to just see the pressure that's going on right now. And I'm so glad that you touched on that because it is important for us to maintain that understanding or that mindset that we do business God's way, mm -hmm. period. period. We do business God's way, which means what season he says it is for us is the season that it is for us, no matter what's going on, no matter what seems popular and no matter what is trending. This episode is brought to you by Fiverr. Let's talk about finding freelance talent for your business or project. Sometimes a business needs to quickly pivot in order to reach a goal, or maybe an unexpected obstacle occurred, like what's going on in the world right now, making it impossible to meet your deadline with the size of your current team. So in this instance, where do you go to find on-demand talent? How much will it cost? How can you be certain they'll deliver? Finding the right freelancer can be time-consuming, it can be frustrating, and honestly, it could be really expensive. Fiverr's platform helps keep businesses moving with a network of trusted freelance talent. I personally have been using Fiverr since I became an entrepreneur in 2015. I've used it everywhere from podcast editing to graphics to presentations to logos. I've used them for just about everything. And it's so easy to find someone because you can read reviews, you can see examples of their work. Um, and if you have any further questions, you can always chat with them and they'll answer any questions that you may have about what they do. So I absolutely love it. You can easily find what you're looking for by searching by service, deadline, price, reviews, and so much more. You'll know exactly what you're paying for upfront. So no negotiating is even necessary. Plus, on top of all of that, Fiverr has 24-7 customer service to help you with any problems that may arise. Check out Fiverr.com today and receive 10% off your first order by using my code BLESSED. It's so easy. Find all the digital services you need in one place at F-I-V-E-R-R.com, code BLESSED. Again, that's Fiverr.com, code BLESSED. Let's get back to the show. So, so one thing that you said that really stuck out to me is you said that when you jumped into this industry, you saw that it's over-sexualized and that you felt like, or did you say you felt pressure or pretty much you took a break from social media so you mm -hmm. wouldn't feed into it? Yeah. And I think that's an attribute or a milestone that a lot of powerhouses go through is that when you're really doing something for God, the enemy will come to try to attack your identity. Mm -hmm. And so- 
it's so good that you put those controls in place. You were like, okay, I see what's going on here. We've talked about on the show that the enemy walks around like a roaring lion and roaring is loud. Mm -hmm. And so you recognize that tactic in that moment and said, okay, no, I'm putting the controls in place to protect myself, to make sure I am going to continue doing business God's way and not feeding into what the world is doing. Was there anything else that you did during that time to just make sure that your identity was rooted in Christ and not what was popular at that point? I took time to really study. I mean, studying the word, but studying my craft, I think value and offering value is so important because a lot of value is not given, especially in the fitness industry. So I really took that time to hone in on my craft. I took that time to learn my target market so that I could figure out what they needed, what are some pain points for us? What are some things that women of color struggle with? And you kind of talked about this, about how Madam C.J. Walker and her daughter both died from high blood pressure, totally preventable um, diseases that Black women that we struggle with. But I really took time to hone in on the craft and to really see where the weak points were so that when I did come back, that I could be more strategic about what I put out. And that would allow me and took take me away from people wanting to see all of this over-sexualized stuff. That's good. So as you're building this fitness business and building your spiritual life, mm-hmm. I think the commonality between the two are discipline. Mm-hmm. Do you think that there is a correlation between those who are able to be disciplined in their health their ability to be disciplined in the spirit or vice versa? Do you think there's some overlap there? Oh, yeah. (laughs) I think discipline is just one of those things that overlaps, like you just said. But I think whenever we lack discipline in one area, then it trickles down to other areas. It's almost like a domino effect. So if you don't have the discipline in studying your word or going to the gym, then what makes you feel like you're going to have discipline in doing other things in your life? So I definitely think that it's a trickle effect. It's a clue to what you need to work on. Because mm-hmm. if you can't be consistent over here, then it's going to affect your business. If you can't can be consistent in your business, then it's going to affect your relationship. So it affects every aspect of your life for sure. Yeah, I've actually struggled with discipline as far as health is concerned. And it's crazy because I don't lack discipline as far as my relationship with God. Mm-hmm. So what God was showing me was just, don't give the enemy access to be able to destroy you in that way. It's like a door that you're leaving open Mm -hmm. because you're not applying the same whatever that you applied with me to that area. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's something that I personally have been really convicted. I even said on one of the podcasts that how can you lead the nations if you can't lead your flesh? And I do feel like a lack of discipline is a character flaw. Mm Mm-hmm. And so I don't have no problem saying where my flaws are on this show, but I was realizing just as I've gone deeper with God that that's a gap area that needs to be filled because that shows that I can't be consistent in every area of my life. And in that, like I said, I'm leaving a door open for the enemy to have access to enter me. You know, God can't bail. He can, but grace, I can't take advantage of his grace. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And I can't take advantage of the fact that he is my healer to the point where I'm just doing anything like drinking, po- you know, which like drinking poison and being like, all right, God, bail me out. Like, no, girl, you shouldn't have been doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that that's something that a lot of us do struggle with, though. And I think it goes back to what excites you the most, because I'm able to be consistent in business and with God, because both of those things I love. But mm-hmm. business, yeah. I don't. You know, I don't like it. But so what are some tips for people like me, though, to just make sure we are applying discipline to all areas of our lives and not just the ones that excite us the most? And kind of going back to what you said a few minutes ago, I think as far as it pertains to our health, I think especially as it pertains to like our spiritual health and our fitness health, oftentimes because it's not like super spiritualized then we don't take mm-hmm. it serious because we don't think of our vessel as something as being spiritual and something that God has called for us to steward over. It's not often looked at as something that I should prioritize. So I really want to encourage everybody to think of it as it is like you serving God through this body that you have and you only get one. Mm-hmm. But some really practical tips, I think, is going back to scripture, but making sure that your thoughts are in good standing because that's where everything flows from. Our thoughts, how we think about ourselves, how we perceive ourselves affects how we feel about ourselves. And then if we don't feel good about ourselves, then our behaviors are going to be not the most positive. So I think an easy way for us to do that is to just start by trying to schedule in time for you to really work on your health and your fitness goals. And I think Whenever we set goals at the beginning of the year, it's just like, oh, yes, I'm about to get right this year. And, you know, I'm about to be look good for the summer. But come February, March, it kind of dissipates because we've allowed for other things to become our priority. So I think it's important that whenever it comes to maintaining our health, that we make it a priority and not just a goal that we're going after because everybody wants flat abs. Everybody probably want a bigger, but you know, we all want these aesthetically pleasing things, but when you're only doing it to be aesthetically pleasing to the site, like, you know, you're only doing it just because you want to look good. I mean, more than likely, I'm going to be real. Like the excitement for that is going to dissipate quickly because you're not going to always feel motivated to do it. So that's where discipline as we just talked about, that comes in. So there has to be something that rises up on the inside of you that's going to keep you even when you don't feel like doing it. And so I think creating a schedule for yourself and making your health a priority is going to be pivotal. It's so important just to make a schedule and, and make it a priority for yourself. Yeah, I agree. And I've really had to trick myself because just as God has really shown me just certain things and the assignments, I'm like, man, yo, I really have to make sure that one, I'm living to see these things out. And I'm not like sick or anything like that. I'm just glad that God will show us gap areas that we need to fill so that we can be proactive about it before it becomes a problem. Mm -hmm. And so I have to trick myself to be like, okay, you want to be this millionaire or whatever? How are you going to enjoy your money if you in the hospital all the time? Yep. You know what I mean? Or And really get to the root of the problem. Yeah. And so for me, the root of the problem is I don't like working out <laughs> and I like good food. And most of the time, good food ain't healthy. And so me, as far as food is concerned, like finding things that 
are tasty but still healthy and so I actually like to cook so finding alternatives like oh let me try this like oh wow that's really good or like let me not use salt I have this like vegetable seasoning that's bomb Mm -hmm. so I'm like oh let me try this oh this is good so I don't need salt anymore so just taking baby steps to just rework my mind and undo a lot of the things that Mm -hmm. I've been taught my grandmother told me how to cook she's from the south Mm-hmm. So Listen. we fry everything. It's yeah. pork and everything. Season yeah. salt is life. Like that's what it's going to be. So really just reworking my mentality as well. And then as far as like working out, I danced for most of my life up until maybe like halfway through college. So I never had to work out because I'm burning a billion calories in these intense dance practices every single day. Mm-hmm. So then I'm like, dang, well, let me just find stuff that's fun to do. And so that's really helped me too, where I hate working out, but I do like things that's fun and I do well with accountability. So having a trainer works well for me because I don't want nobody calling my phone, asking me no questions. So I'm just (laughs) going to go, just, (laughs) I'm going to go just so I got to deal with that. But really just getting to the root of it, like, what's the problem? How can I solve that problem for myself? Let me rework my mindset so that I can make sure that I'm focusing on the right thing and not the vanity. And for me, it's baby steps, but it's really, really been helping along with God's grace. You know, it's really been helping me. So yeah, I think those tips were like really, really good. Now you're in full time with your business. Talk to us about where the podcast came from. Oh, yes, my baby. <laughs> the podcast was actually birthed in that season of where I said I took like a five-month hiatus from social media. So mm-hmm. it was around the time, actually, Tatum, where you had created like your first podcasting product. So it was, I forgot what the title of it was, but it was like how to monetize a podcast or how to create a podcast. And Because I was off of social media, and I'll be honest, I didn't like to post stories. (laughs) So because I don't like to be in front of people all the time, at least this would give me, you know, an outlet to say things because I know that I have something to say. So that's where the podcast was birthed. It was birthed from out of that time of moving away from social media. But you had also put out a product that I took advantage of. That's what really shifted me into podcasting and I watched that and like the next week I was like buying my stuff I was like I'm ready to go so Mm -hmm. so yeah so tell us about the podcast then you know we got to plug it yeah 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 so the podcast is called don't touch my health podcast and it's a podcast for black and brown women who are interested in growing deeper in their health and their fitness but they don't know where to start so we talk about health fitness nutrition and of course we also talk about the spiritual things of god and how that applies to our health and our fitness lives and so yeah it's been really fun it's been really great and i'm really loving it yeah So now we've been talking a lot about the mountains of influence and primarily you've been operating in health and fitness and that falls under the family category. It's a whole rationale. Y'all got to read the book to know Mm -hmm. why, but that falls under the family mountain. But now with the podcast, you've entered into the mountain of media and that's like a whole nother responsibility because of what God is doing in that particular area. So how has it been entering into this new industry? You still have the same message, but you're in a new industry. What has that been like? 
So the seven mountain prophecy, one thing that is definitely done for me is it's given me strategy, if nothing mm-hmm. else. I think whenever you are trying to conquer a mountain, it's important that you have specific prayer strategies to defeat the enemy. And so I think it's really opened my eyes to see the unseen, because I'll be honest with you, I didn't know this stuff before I had gotten into podcasting. I didn't know about the family mountain before I had got into the fitness industry. So now it just helps me to cover my business, to cover my family, to cover the women that I'm called to influence in a new way and in a strategic way. So it's been a blessing because before I was just praying my prayers, but now it gives me something to actually go after, which is everything for business. Yeah, that's good. And I think that one thing we talk about a lot on the show where I try to stress is responsibility. Mm-hmm. Like when you are a powerhouse, you're a leader, you're called to people and it's a responsibility. It's not one that you could just take lightly. And one of my biggest things that I always pray is like, God, I don't want to be somebody who damages your people. Mm-hmm. I don't want any blood on my hands. I don't want no smoke with God. Yeah. Like we'll always say that. I don't want no smoke. So for me, it's so important to always make sure that God is in charge. And if I got to take a step back, that's what I'm going to do. If I got to rework things, if I got to shut everything down, then that's what it's going to be. But for you though, as you're growing, you're in fitness, you're training, you're building your business, you have this podcast, you have this app we're going to talk about in a second. As you continue to grow and your platforms get bigger, what are some things that you're doing to make sure you are doing things responsible and still doing things God's way? This is something that I've always kind of struggled with, but because I am at home now, setting boundaries, big for me. And especially because of what's going on, my husband's home, I'm home. So that just, you know, it creates like a whole nother set of things that, you know, difficulty that not difficulty, but things that has to be added to the plate. So I'm really being sure to set boundaries. I'm making sure that my schedule is on point. I'm a little bit flexible with that, but I really know that in order for me to push out what God has called me to, it requires another level of discipline, another level of super high focus for him and for what he's calling me to do. So boundaries, boundaries, boundaries has been like my go-to, especially since I've been home. So what does that look like practically? Like how does someone go about building those boundaries? Yeah. So first communicating those boundaries. Like I had to tell my husband, like, okay, I've been threatening him. I'm going to put office hours on my door. So he just don't (laughs) come through, but no, creating those boundaries, because one thing is that we can't expect for people to know if we haven't communicated that. So communicating those boundaries and being unwavering in that, because I think that oftentimes when things come up, people try and make their emergencies our emergencies. And so we have Mm -hmm. to know what to take on and when to take that thing on. But I think from that, to take that deeper, I think it also comes from us knowing what season of life we're in. If you know that God is calling for you to be in a quiet season, you need to get quiet. And if anything is pulling you outside of that season, so if somebody's calling you to do a speaking engagement and you know you're supposed to be quiet in that season, it has to be a no. So knowing that season that you're in, like I am in a quiet season, but I'm also in a season of where I'm doing some speaking like I am today. But I knew that God had released me to do this. So I think it's important to set boundaries, communicate those boundaries and to try and be unwavering in those so that you can get done what you need to get done. 
Yeah, I think that's good. I had to really take a step back to regroup as well, because ever since Anchor Media officially launched and people are seeing all the success stories and everything that we're doing, my emails, my phone mostly has been blowing up with people that's like, well, I'm trying to do this. Well, how can I work with you? Can you do this? Can you do that? And I'm like, Ugh, I'm in a season where I have to rest. Like I'm about to have a baby. Uh, I can't do everything that I was doing before. And then also in a season where God is pulling me deeper into him. So my quiet time, which may have been an hour before is like two to three hours now, Mm -hmm. because it's so much that God is revealing to me and so much that I'm studying and going deeper with to be able to just pretty much further understand what he's doing and how I need to maneuver in this season. Mm -hmm. And so I was a little bit frustrated um, and so during my quiet time the other day, I was like, God, how can I handle this? Because I know that you are expanding my territory. I know what season I'm in. I'm not trying to just stress myself out or anything like that. How can I make sure that I'm doing everything the way you need me to? And he was like, be clear about what you have to do mm-hmm. and stick to that and don't do anything else. Yeah. So when it comes to your business, be clear about what needs to be done in business that day. Yeah, And don't do anything else. Don't accept anything else. When it comes to time with me, be clear about when the, what that time is, schedule it and commit to it. And I was yeah. like, dang, that sounds so simple, mm-hmm. but it really is just simply boundaries. Mm-hmm. And so I'm glad that you said that. And I hope you guys are really taking note. Boundaries are so important, oh. especially when you're developing as a powerhouse, because you don't want too many people to be able to pour into you. Mm-hmm. You don't want too many people to have access to you when you're in a vulnerable state. Similar to me, what's going on right now? Like people who are older are in vulnerable states to get this virus, right? So you, people can't have access to them. Mm-hmm. So the same thing for you, if you're in a vulnerable state, because you're growing and you don't know what God is doing, but you're on that journey and you're taking these leaps of faith, you have to limit who is able to have access to you or what type of access they're able to have so that you're constantly being poured into in a way that leads you to God and not a way that leads you to what he's already delivered you from. Absolutely. So before we go, Gabby, tell us about your Body Goals app. Yes. So Body Goals app is an app developed by me, of course. It is an app for women who don't always have time to go to the gym, simply put as that, because I think that sometimes going to the gym can be intimidating for people. Sometimes use weights can be difficult. And so I tried to make this a little bit more simplified for us. And so it also helps you to work out from anywhere. You can work out at home. You can work out at the gym, if you choose to, you can also choose to include your family. So that's another reason that I decided to create the app because I want families to be able to join in with the mom or whoever is downloading the app to get healthy as well. So it's an app. It helps to control your habits. So you can go in and create habits for yourself. You can message me privately. We also have a group that you can join, which is called the Athletic Tribe. But you can also just track how you're doing, track your progress. And all of the workout videos are videos of me. So you have direct access to me. And so I really just wanted to create this app for women who live busy schedules, don't always have time to go to the gym, but they need a quick workout in. It's just a great option for women who are kind of on the go all the time. Yes. I can't wait to download this app. I'm putting everybody on there. (laughs) 
Thank you so much, Gabby, for being on the show. Like, I'm just so proud of you. I'm proud of what you're doing. I'm proud of your commitment to God. Like, you truly are a powerhouse that is going to change generations in this capacity. And it's such an important area. You're contributing to helping keeping people alive. And if people are alive, they're able to fulfill the things that God has placed inside of them. Like we talked about Madam C.J. Walker. Imagine if she lived another 30, 40 years, Mm -hmm. what she would have been able to do, how she would have been able to impact the world and the nations. And so I thank you for what you're doing because somebody like me who has a weak area in the health and fitness. We need people like you um, and what you contribute so that we can make sure that we're stewarding well over the vessel that God gave us. So I just want to say thank you for everything that you're doing. And I'm just so excited to see where God is going to take you next. Thanks, Tatum. I got you postpartum. Don't worry. Oh, yes, girl, because you know. (laughs) It's time to get smashed after we drop this baby. (laughs) Because if I'm going to be carrying around a kid and doing all of this stuff, I have to make sure that I'm in my right mind and my body is operating the way it needs to. So yeah, as soon as I drop them, I'm like, Gabby, what's good? (laughs) Um, (laughs) But yeah, thank you so much for being on the show. Tell everybody where they can find you on social media and all that good stuff. Yeah, you can find me on Instagram, Gabby J Fitness, and my website is GabbyAthletics.com. So make sure that you guys message me, find me, follow me, and support. And also the podcast is on iTunes, Spotify, and a few other platforms that I can't remember. But <laughs> it's called Don't Touch My Health. So make sure that you listen, subscribe, follow, share with all your friends, family, cousins, brothers, sisters, brothers. It don't matter who you share it with. Just make sure that we're getting the word out there that it is so important to take care of your vessels and to do it in a really practical and easy way. Amen. Yes. And I'll put all of the links to everything she has going on in the show notes for you guys. Thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast. And I will talk to you soon.